Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So they are no longer two, but one. Now look what God says. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man, judges, the court system, not separate. What does God think of divorce? Jesus commands us not to divorce. That's what he thinks about it. Throughout the Bible, we find many idioms or pictures that we can contrast to certain aspects of life. One such contrast is between the Holy Trinity and marriage. When comparing the two, we discover God's true intention and design for marriage, an inseparable bond between man, woman, and God. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark continues with us in our study focusing on God's design for marriage. In our study, we learned that when we unite in marriage, we no longer remain as two separate individuals, but have been fused together as one. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of today's message from Pastor Mark. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message entitled, Stay Separate or Divorce. If you're married this morning and you're right here, what do you do in your marriage? Well, you stay right here. Even if unsaved and saved, both saved, both unsaved, the divorce and so forth is wrong, you stay right here. You, God takes you right where you're at this morning. Now, if I'm married, then God's going to give me lots of instructions, and this teaching is not on marriage. But it's going to give me lots of instructions. We've got a whole ser- series of tapes, a wonderful one that we just did, some DVDs. Seven words that will just change your marriage. You can get that and go through them. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this morning. I want you to say the word happy with me. Would you? Say, say the word happy with me. Happy. Uh, could you say it with like a smile on your face? Happy. Let's try it. Happy. Happy. Now turn to your neighbor with a smile and mean it and say happy. Go ahead. Happy. Happy. Is that a good word to say? Happy. Happy. Now let me, I'm going to ask you to say another word. Married. Married. Say it with me. Married. Turn your neighbor. Married. See this? Here, here we go. Happy. I'm married. That's what some of you believe. It couldn't go together. It couldn't be happy. Married? Yeah, it's supposed to be happy. Married. Notice. Let's put the verse up. What does he say? It's very simple. He says, you're supposed to enjoy your wife. Are you kidding, Pastor Mark? No, I'm not kidding. Marriage is supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be great times together. Now, do we have difficult times in our marriages? Yes. 
One great myth of marriage is this. If you marry a Christian, you have no problems in your marriage. Who are you kidding? We're people. Chuck Swindoll used to say this. My wife and I, he would say, Cynthia and I are really happy today. Because some days, it's not too easy, is it? Well, how do I work in my marriage? Five things quickly. Healthy marriages. Number one, Christ-centered. Never work in your marriage unless Christ is there. It's got to be Christ-centered. Number two, commitment. Love doesn't make a marriage go. Love isn't... Ha- really, there's very little about love. Commitment is what makes a marriage last. Number three, companionship. Here's the amazing thing. You know why God created marriage? Because Adam was lonely. How can it be that you and I are in a marriage and one of us is lonely? How can that be? It's because we're not doing our part. By the way, this is a holiday weekend. Most of you will have some extra time, a few hours or whatever. you get another day off later. I encourage you to just get with your spouse if you're married. Write these five things down and walk out to the beach. You don't have to even go to dinner. Just walk out to the beach and talk about them. Notice the next one is communication. Communication. Talk about them. Are you lonely? Ask your spouse, are you lonely? What can I do to help? Say, man, if I tell him that or that. No, that brings the fifth one. Conscience, soft heart. There has to be truth. You see, in our marriage, when I lay down at night next to my wife in bed, I don't mistrust her. I trust her with my life. No, we're not perfect, but I trust her with... We tell each other the truth. If you're laying down your spouse and you can't trust your spouse, there's not much good happening in sleep or any of the rest. See, you have to have a conscience that's open to God and keeps my heart soft. Why? The reason for divorce, God said, was a hard heart. So it all goes back to Christ-centered. So that's what God thinks of marriage. Now, what does God think of divorce? Look at verse 6. So they are no longer two, but one. Now, look what God says. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man judges the court system not separate. What does God think of divorce? Jesus commands us not to divorce. That's what he thinks about it. Well, how does he really think about it? Look at Malachi 2, 16. Now, you can go all the way back to 14, but I'm not going to take time this morning. Look what God says. For I hate divorce says the Lord, the God of Israel. It's as cruel as putting on a victim's blood-stained coat. What? See, God says, you get in the middle of a divorce, it's a bloodbath. It's hurtful. It's death. Oh, you know what we hear today? Oh, we're even better friends now than we were before when we were married. There's been no hurt at all. We're terrific. That's a bunch of lies. So guard yourself. Always remain loyal to your wife. So God hates divorce. Why does he hate divorce? Three things. Divorce disobeys God. He says, don't get divorced. He hates it because it's sin. Don't do it. Divorce number two breaks Your lifetime covenant. Marriage is not a contract. 
I mean, our world treats it as a contract. It's not a contract. It's a covenant between God who put you together and the covenant you made for your wife and your husband till death do us part. And number three, divorce causes extreme harm to everyone. You see, God knew what divorce would do. Man was taking it casually. God says, it's a disaster waiting to happen. Now, divorce tears up people and children. Divorce rips your heart and your whole world apart. Your one flesh is ripped apart while both spouses are still alive. Remember, this is the picture of marriage. Husband and wife together. The world says, well, just separate. Well, if I try to separate, it doesn't separate. It doesn't separate. Well, we'll go to this end. Just separate. No, it doesn't separate. It tears. It hurts. It's painful. It it doesn't... This is your kids. This is you. That's marriage. That's divorce. Oh, no, Pastor Barry, there's no pain in it liar it's a death we deal with it every week well it doesn't really affect my kids who are you kidding well the latest studies forget the latest study let me read you from this church our kids ministry teacher recently in a class was teaching about God and you can have faith if you ask God anything he'll do it I think it was a nine year old raised their hand and said this Do you think God can help me find my daddy? Do you understand? Do you understand that the kids don't understand this? It's not easy. Those of you that aren't married yet, listen closely. Marriage is very serious. God takes it incredibly serious. Our world goes, hey, no big deal. You know... When we do marriage counseling and premarital, in the old days, I'd look at the sheet and you wouldn't even put on there, have you been married before? Today it's one, two, three, four, five, six times. It's become so complicated. And we have a marriage. And we have the former and the former and the one over here and whatever, and they won't talk to that. And the kids are in the middle of it and they don't even know what to do. Now be careful that you don't become prideful. Well, we're perfectly fine. And I'm glad we don't have any divorce that affects us. Who are you kidding? My own son and daughter, both married Christians. And after they were married, each of their individual spouses says, Well, we're not going to serve God. We're just going out in the world. And they abandoned both my son and daughter. They're both divorced. They married Christians, supposedly. People we do. Disaster. I know what it's like. You know what it's like. It's not easy. So God says, I hate it. I know what's coming. It shouldn't be that way. Now, where's the balance in all of this? What does God say to those of you that are divorced this morning? Two things. Make sure you write them down. God hates divorce, but God loves divorced people. You see, this is not a place, this is not a place where we chastise people. This is a place where we love people. 
Guys, this is a hospital this morning. We're doctors that work for Dr. Jesus. And this is a place anybody can come. And as they come, we can minister to them and allow them to be healed. Remember what I said earlier, God takes you right where you're at this morning. So be careful. As you walk through this, don't think that it's impossible. God will take you right where you're at and change your life. Now, you say, well, does God really love divorced people? You remember the woman at the well in John chapter 4? It's a Samaritan woman. Jesus went to her and he had to stop by the well and he began talking to her. And he said to her, "Uh, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, yeah, you're right. You've had five. And the guy you're living with now is not even your husband. And after that came out of Jesus' mouth, he says, What am I doing here? I can't help this woman. She's been divorced five times. <laughs> do you know that's what many of our churches would do today? What if this woman came in? You've been married how many times? Well, I'm sorry, I can't help you in this church. What? You know what Jesus did? He said, Would you like to stop all that garbage? Man, would I? How can I? <laughs> I'm the one. You just believe in me, it'll change your life. It changed your life. She went into town. She came back with the whole town. They all got saved. Guys, we have to be like Jesus. We take people wounded right where they're at because that's our responsibility and our privilege. Now, next question is, when does God allow divorce? When does he allow divorce? And I'm going to give you the answer already. There's two situations. So you'll memorize it this morning. Two. And when we're done, you want to get a tape, take it home with you. Because even though it may never affect you ever, it will affect a friend, somebody at work. So get one and listen to them. Here's the two. Look at verse 7. Well, they said, well, since God hates divorce, then, then why then did Moses command, and that's wrong, Moses never commanded, That a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away. And Jesus replied, Moses didn't command, Moses permitted. In fact, he doesn't prescribe, God doesn't prescribe it. He doesn't even recommend divorce, but he will permit it. Well, when does he permit it? He permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. Now, some of you say, Pastor Mark, I don't like it when you teach because you always repeat that point again and go back to some other point again. Well, you would have hated Jesus' teaching. Because notice what he is here in Matthew. He says, oh, and by the way, it wasn't like that from the beginning. He goes right back to Genesis again. He goes back to the original design of marriage. He said it was never like that. There weren't hard hearts. That was never God's plan. Notice verse 9. Here's the repeating again. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness, circle the word, we'll be back, and marries another woman commits adultery. So what is the first reason that God doesn't recommend but permits it? Persistent lifestyle, persistent lifestyle of sexual immorality. Marital unfaithfulness, the original word is pornea. Sounds very much, you already know, pornographic. So Jesus says, because of man's selfishness and sinfulness, God will permit divorce in selected cases. What is pornea today? Homosexuality, bestiality, incest, pornography, 
of course, adultery. Now, here's the problem. If I'm in a hurting relationship, I'm looking for a way out. God says, I'm not going to give you an easy way out. I'm into marriage. I'm not into divorce. You say, well, Pastor Mark, it says here, if your husband or wife had a, had a, a sexual affair, if they had a one-night kind of a deal, then I have grounds to divorce. No, you do not. The original language means this, repeated. It's a lifestyle. Now, when does it become a lifestyle? That's why we have pastors. That's why you have pastoral counseling. You come in and talk to us. If you have a relationship with a husband or wife, you know, they repent. But two months later, they're back at it again. And then four months later, they're back at it again. And whatever. They're not repenting. It's unrepentant. They don't care. What does God say? Get out of the marriage. Why? Well, number one, it isn't a marriage. The person's already broke it. Number two, in this day and age with AIDS, you're crazy. This person has been unfaithful. So, remember, it's an unrepentant lifestyle of marital unfaithfulness. It is never the first choice to divorce. It's always the last resort. Now, in this church, there are many couples over the last 13 years, in this church alone, and I know many more from my past years, I know many couples where there's been a wife or a husband been unfaithful. They've come in and gone through pastoral counseling, and because of God's grace, they're restored. They sit next to you this morning in this church. You don't even know who they are. It's not your business. But they've been through it. But God's healed them. Their marriage is healthy. They're excited. Their kids are growing. I can look at the faces and tell you where they are now, but you're not going to watch me because I'm going like this. But see, that's what God wants. He's not into divorce. He's into marriages. And he wants that to happen. He wants us to let God restore us so our marriages can be healthy again. You say, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that can happen. Yes, it can. If the spouse is truly repentant. Remember, guys, some of you are with guilt with us this morning. It takes two people that want to make their marriage go. One won't do it. One will not do it because you're a partnership. Now, Turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Before you do, here, write down in your Bible, right where you're at, 1 Corinthians 7. And also write down Matthew 5. Because when you want to come back to divorce, you'll have these little arrows that can take you back and forth. You can write Deuteronomy 24. So you can kind of move yourself around, and these are the cases where we, where we find what the Bible speaks about marriage and how God believes it. Now, Paul is going to talk in this passage about some very interesting things. The first thing he's going to talk about is, is a man and a wife that are both believers. They're both Christians. Now remember, Paul is in a town called Corinth. That's why Corinthians. And again, just have somebody help you find it. It's just a few books back from Matthew. 1 Corinthians 7. Paul's in Corinth, and it's a pagan city. In fact, Christianity came there with no background. They, they were into the Greek culture. They worshipped Zeus and all sorts. There was prostitution, men and women, in the, in the worship of their deities. It was in a, a totally ungodly city. Well, Paul went there. He started preaching the gospel. People got saved. They realized you could have a relationship with the real God, not this Zeus. And it would change their lifestyle. So Paul had to teach them about marriage. Because marriage was nothing before. And what does he say to them? Look at 1 Corinthians 
chapter 7, verse 10. Again, this is for both spouses that are real Christians. To the married, I give this command. Actually, not I, Paul says, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband. And you can reverse that. A husband must not divorce his wife. One thing you'll notice there. A wife in those days, biblical days, had almost no rights. So when God comes, when Jesus comes, he opens up the rights for a woman incredibly. One of the things that has caused more divorce in our world than ever before is because now a woman, uh, because of her skills, can provide for herself, in many cases, a life apart from a husband. Well, that wasn't true in those days. And so the only person that really divorced was the husband would always initiate the divorce. So what does Paul say? A wife must not separate. If you have two Christians, here's what you want to write down. Ideally, two real Christians should never divorce. What does that mean? Two real Christians should never divorce. So, I mean, why would you? You both love God. You should never consider divorce as an option. You never use the D word, divorce. You might use the K word, kill, but you would never use the divorce word. (laughs) And, And why would that be? Well, because God's the head. He wants to rekindle your love. He wants to restore your joy. He wants to renew your commitment. That's the goal of God. Notice I put the word ideally. Why did I put that? Because of the next statement. Look at verse 11. But, Paul says, I know it isn't always going to work. So he says, but if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. So Paul acknowledges that some Christians will not be able to live together, maybe in a certain case, just because of something. And until they get it worked out, they're going to need to separate. These are two Christians. They're going to have to separate. Well, if they separate, can they get divorced? Paul says, absolutely not. You're two Christians. So what are the options of two Christians that for a time have to separate to get it back together, go through counseling? Here are the two options. Paul says you must remain unmarried. You can't get married again. Or, in other words, it could last for life. Once it lasts life, you can't get back together. That's where you have to remain. Or you must be reconciled to your spouse. You see, separation that had to be necessary for peace here, it doesn't break the marriage tie. Rather, it gives an opportunity for God to come in and heal the differences that somehow have come between them and to restore both parties into fellowship with Him and obviously with one another. Now, you look at that and go, I don't like those options doesn't matter. This is not what I'm teaching. This is what God teaches. Today in our message entitled, Stay, Separate, or Divorce, Pastor Mark taught us about the true intention of God's design for marriage. Continuing our study of the Sermon on the Mount, we learned that when two people are joined together in marriage, they are no longer two, but one. We also learned that the only reason divorce was instituted by God was due to the hardness of our hearts. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. 
Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will continue teaching us God's covenantal design of marriage. In this study, we'll learn how God ultimately desires reconciliation rather than divorce. Using several passages of Scripture, Pastor Mark will help to give us a better understanding of how divorce truly grieves God. So stay tuned for the next time as we continue to learn how to better grow in Christ. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in 